Don't look now, but Jordan Love has become one of the standouts of training camp. And the exhibition season draws a lot of scorn. A lot of people want to say it doesn't matter. Matt LaFleur says otherwise. But does that mean we will see their young players, their rookies, who they'll need to contribute right away? Hmm? Maybe not. Are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Pump the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And Peter Bukow is going to cover the Packers for the leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode brought to you by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide and they have a special offer to my listeners get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on Jordan Love everyone's favorite third rail topic Jordan Love and he elicits all sorts of high-end reaction right some people love him some people love to hate him I would say very few people are Jordan Love agnostic if they're Packer fans. If you are, let me know. Would love to hear from you. Would love to know how you came to that conclusion. I think there are plenty of people, too, who are like, I'm rooting for him. I don't know what to think. But if he becomes the starter, I will be all in supporting him. I just want Aaron Rodgers to be the quarterback for as long as possible. I think that's as close to being agnostic to Jordan Love as as you can really be. Here's the thing. He looks good. He looks improved. He looks more decisive. Looks sharper, stronger arms, stepping into throws. And he said something. Pete Doherty wrote about it for PackersNews.com. He had a quote Jordan Love did to reporters where he had he had this a couple really nice throws against pressure looks, which was part of his downfall against the Chiefs is he did not respond well to pressure. The offensive line did not respond well to pressure. Matt LaFleur, I think, rightly took responsibility that a lot of their play calls did not take into account that the Chiefs were going to blitz the daylights out of Jordan Love. But he did not always react, ideally, to these things. This is something we talked with his quarterback's coach, his personal quarterback's coach, Steve Calhoun, about in, in that article that I wrote for The Leap. Um, about what he's trying to work on and the things he's trying to get better at and making making throws with pressure in your face. Identifying pressure pre-snap so that you don't have to make off-platform throws. You can just understand, okay, the ball's got to come out hot. Where are my hots? Who are my hots? Where are they going to be? And he said, those were plays. He, he picked one in particular that maybe he wouldn't have made last year because he might not have even known or been able to identify the pressure look. And now he can. Now he sees it coming, knows where he needs to get with the ball, and he can get to his back foot and throw. And this is the essential part of Jordan Love's development precisely because the things that he possesses, the tools that make him differentiated from other quarterbacks, from someone like Kurt Benkert. No shots. I know everyone loves Kurt. 
Jordan Love's ability to make plays outside of structure, to create something out of nothing, is predicated on the idea that he is comfortable doing everything else. He was in such command of those Utah State offenses that he knew always where to go with the ball, which in, in the case of his last season there meant that he knew that the plays were not going to work because the guys either didn't know where to be or the defenses knew what they were running because it was such a simplistic offense and he just needed to go out and make a play. And when he needed to be in rhythm, one, two, three, you go back to his, his sophomore year tape, you see when, when, he, when everyone around him knew what was going on, he played more in structure. He played more in rhythm. And early on in his career, I think he was so focused on the mechanics, on five-step, seven-step, under center, play action, the basics of an NFL offense that he couldn't just go play. And when, when you can't just play on instinct, you slow down. You play timidly. Remember last year, every every time we heard Nathaniel Hackett and Matt LaFleur talk about Jordan Love, what did they say? We need him to just let it rip. Well, if you're not confident that, in what you're looking at pre-snap or post-snap, you can't just let it rip. Now, what did I say? Longtime listeners of the show will remember what I said over and over last year in the brief glimpses that we got of Jordan Love. One of the things that I found studying him, and, and I was the guy after every game he played in, going, here's every clip of every throw of Jordan Love. And I, I broke down each one. I said he consistently knows where to go with the football, but he was not as confident in it. He was right way more than he was wrong. But clearly he himself was not confident he was right. And so it doesn't matter if you're right. It, it matters if you are entrusting your own instincts and your beliefs. And now it seems like he's comfortable enough with the offense, even with new receivers. Romeo Dubs had a beautiful touchdown yesterday on a, a, a dime throw. Go back to OTAs. He's making plays. Jason Hirschhorn wrote about this for the leap earlier in the week. He is part of the reason Romeo Dubs is having these highlight plays because a lot of these throws are from Jordan Love. He is playing with a level of confidence that he just wasn't playing with. And, and that confidence comes from this preparation. And I think this comfort level in the offense that wasn't there. And so, you know, I think there's a cynical way to look at that and say, well, you know, maybe it shouldn't have taken until year three, but remember for Aaron Rodgers, it took until year three. And, this is not to make excuses for anyone, but that first year was incredibly weird between COVID and, uh, you know, coming into a place where clearly Aaron Rodgers was not thrilled about his existence there. And then the following offseason, the, the face of the franchise goes nuclear and, and has this, this whole public feud with the team. And you try and do what you can in the shadow of that, and then Aaron Rodgers comes back and there's this whole weird reporting about how the team wished that he had, you know, been a little bit more assertive when Rodgers came back. And it's like, well, but you just spent the last six weeks or eight weeks or 10 weeks trying to placate Aaron Rodgers. So what are you talking about? Why are you why are you setting different expectations for Jordan Love than you have for yourself? It was it was a very bizarre thing. Then there is this question of, well, 
who cares? Who cares? Because if Aaron Rodgers is going to play more than one more season, what do you do with Jordan Love? Because that is a murky, murky question. Are you going to pay him on a fifth-year option, something that you have to decide next spring? Now, you could pay him to be the backup on that fifth year, and then, you know, you're paying him next year would be, right, year four, and he's the backup, and so it's this year and next year, and so if Aaron Rodgers is going to disappear, he's going to retire after two seasons, two more seasons, this season and next, then you have that fifth-year option, but you might not know next May what the situation is. So, yes, he's going into year three. But then during year four, they're going to have to decide what to do with that option. They're, they're in the sa- they will be in the same place next spring that the Packers were this spring with Darnell Savage and Rashawn Gary. Now, they picked up those options, but those guys are starting players. Those guys are really good players who we've seen play a lot of football for the Packers. It's not the same sort of decision-making process. Now, go back to Aaron Rodgers. When the Packers made the decision, when Ted Thompson made what was an incredibly bold decision to say, Brett, it's been real. You said you were retiring, so we took you at your word. We've moved on. You should do the same. Aaron Rodgers, six weeks into that first season, gets a contract extension. I think we could see the same sort of thing with Jordan Love where, okay, next this year, he's the backup. In the spring, they pick up that fifth-year option with the understanding that in a year, he will either be the guy or they will have to probably trade him and Aaron Rodgers is going to play one or two more years after that. I, I just I think the most likely outcome is Aaron Rodgers is going to play two more seasons. And so if Aaron Rodgers is going to play this year and next year and that's it, then you get Jordan Love on his fifth-year option And you can do the thing that the Packers did with Aaron Rodgers if he plays at a high level. And he doesn't have to be, this is important, he doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers to get that contract because the contract Aaron Rodgers signed was not top of market. It wasn't elite quarterback money. And Aaron Rodgers in 2008 was not playing elite level football yet. We didn't really see that until probably 2009. We saw some flashes of it in in eight. 2009, we saw more flashes of it. He was more consistent. And then 10, remember still, he's still, you know, ascending in the upper echelon. The end of the season, we see these incredible glimpses. The Giants game against a really good defense. The Falcons on the road in the playoffs. The Steelers in the Super Bowl. And then all of a sudden, 2011 is his coronation as MVP. It took him three years to be Aaron Rodgers before he even got on the field, 2007, right? And then it took him another three years, really, to be Aaron freaking Rodgers. So Jordan Love came in young, came in inexperienced, came in with a lot of talent, just like Aaron Rodgers. Again, I'm not, this. none of this is to say Jordan Love is going to be Aaron Rodgers, but I think it would be faulty to assume he's necessarily behind. You're seeing now what we wanted to see, and that is a jump this offseason, a jump in training camp, a jump in the spring, 
even with these new moving pieces, Romeo Dobbs, Sammy Watkins, one of his big plays yesterday was two Sammy Watkins on a play action deep cross. Those are new players. Not It's not like he's throwing Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and, and Marcos Valdez-Scanling, gone. EQ, gone. Guys that he was playing, you know, the backups with, most of them are gone. So it's, it's not like he's got some advantage throwing to a bunch of his buddies. That's not how this is working either. That makes this preseason enormous for the Packers because it could make it easier, both for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to say, it's time to move on. And for Aaron Rodgers, maybe that means retirement. For the Packers, maybe that means, hey, Aaron, deuces. That seems unlikely unless Jordan Love goes into the preseason and just is like unbelievable. Which could happen. Sure, could happen. I'm probably not likely. This preseason is really important for Jordan Love. He's going to get a ton of work. And we're going to talk more about the preseason and the expectations we could have for this preseason coming up in just a second. Before we do, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's great joys. I had one today. I had I had the new S'more Puff. But you know what? The Cookie Dough Puff, it's next level. It's They're, they're both really, really good. Don't get me wrong. The cookie dough puff is unbelievable. Chunks of actual cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough puffs, 160 calories, 15 grams of protein. High in protein, relatively low in cal, especially for what you're getting in terms of taste, in terms of protein, in terms of fiber. Low in sugar, that's the key. And incredible in terms of taste. That's what Built does better than any other bar on the market. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or you just want to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15. So a lot that I want to unpack on this preseason topic. I made the joke, and it was a half joke on Twitter, that I can't wait for Romeo Dobbs to be so good and become so clearly a part of the plan in the starting lineup that he doesn't even play in the preseason hardly. And that the first time we really get a chance to see him is week one. And, you know, there were, I got a lot of fan reaction about it. And there are a lot of people that are like, oh, pump the brakes, like, relax, relax, relax. This is not crazy. If Romeo Dobbs is performing at a, a starting caliber player, if he looks like he should be getting starter caliber reps, and we don't know what Christian Watson looks like, he's hurt. He's progressing nicely, apparently, but he's hurt. Sammy Watkins still ramping up. Right now, you have to think, based on, on what we've seen, it's Lazard, it's Dobbs, it's Cobb. Sammy Watkins sprinkled in, Amari Rogers sprinkled in, Juwan Winfrey sprinkled in. Last year, Josh Myers only played a couple snaps, a couple series. Eric Stokes did not play very much at all. And these were guys that they were counting on to be good early. And what I was what I was just so confused by last year was Eric Stokes wasn't playing in these preseason games. But then to start the season was not starting either. So it was like, wait, presumably he was not out there because you were so comfortable with what he was doing that he didn't need these reps. But then in the games, 
he's not out there. And that, and that changed relatively quickly week one to week two. All of a sudden he's out there. Kevin King is in the slot. And then by week three, you know, sort of that's all she wrote. But Josh Myers, again, he didn't he didn't do a ton either. Amari Rodgers got a lot more work. Part of that was because there were no other receivers to put on the field. Devontae Adams didn't play. Alan Lazard didn't play. MVS didn't play. Randall Cobb didn't play. So you have to be playing Malik Taylor. You have to be playing Juwan Winfrey. You have to be playing Amari Rodgers. And, and the same could be said for this year. Alan Lazard probably not going to play. Randall Cobb probably not going to play. Sammy Watkins probably not going to play. So you need Amari Rodgers. You need Romeo Dobbs. You need Christian Watson. You need Juwan Winfrey. You need Samari Toure. And if Christian Watson's not out there, all the more reason why you need those guys. So one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this up was to say, have reasonable expectations, especially for guys who it looks like are going to start. Quay Walker, I don't know how much he's going to play. He is the starter. Bill Huber made this point from, from Sports Illustrated. He has not seen... And he apparently has been charting it. The Packers play not one single snap of dime in camp. Not one. They want to live in nickel. They want Quay Walker to be on the field like 95% of the time. That's what he was drafted to be. They want to play big. They want to be versatile. They want to have these. And, and you saw it yesterday at camp. Devondre Campbell in the deep middle. Skies to make a play. Length. Speed, coverage ability, sideline to sideline, and still be able to play in the run game. That's what they want to be. So if Quay Walker is clearly the starter, is he really going to play a bunch in the preseason? I think Devontae Wyatt will because Kenny Clark and Jaron Reed won't. Dean Lowry probably won't. So you're going to see a nice dose of Devontae Wyatt. Who are the other guys that you're going to see from this draft class? Sean Ryan. For sure. But the, I think the same can be said for Zach Tom because if if David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins can't go. And by the way, interesting nugget. Albert Breer said that the Packers have not ruled out both Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari being ready for week one. Which says to me, certainly they have not ruled out either of them. It sounds like there's optimism for David Bakhtiari. I would be much less optimistic about Elton Jenkins. But don't be too surprised. If Elton Jenkins is out there sooner than later, he is ahead of schedule. They're very happy with where he is in his development. And I just don't be surprised. Um, they seem much happier with where Elton is this year than where David Bakhtiari was last year. And they were pretty happy with where David Bakhtiari was last year. He was out there doing real stuff. He's back out there on the practice squad doing rehab stuff. So all that's good. The other interesting piece of this, though, is Matt LaFleur said... When asked, does what happened in week one last year change the way you want to approach the preseason? Does it make you want to change the intensity of the preseason? And, and there are a lot of ways you can change intensity. You can add competitive periods to practice, joint practices. Um, and, you know, the Packers have family night. That is something that not everyone has. That is another competitive set of periods to amp up the intensity. But none of the guys played. Is that going to change? Now, Matt LaFleur did not commit to anything, but did admit that what happened at the very least had to cause them to talk about it. Is this the right way to go? We will see. And I don't think we will learn in the 49er game. 
because the starters rarely play much at all in those games. We've already found out Trevor Lawrence is not going to play in the Jags first preseason game. It's the extra game anyway. So I don't, I don't know that it matters. So if you're the Packers, who needs to be out there? What do you need to see? These games do mean something. But as Matt LaFleur said, it's more important for the the fringe roster guys, and it's more important for when you have those camp battles. So, okay, who's the third and fourth safeties? Who's the fourth and fifth corners? Who's the fifth, sixth, and seventh potentially receivers? Who is, where's that offensive line? What does that look like? Who are those guys? Zach Tom is someone, look, if Zach Tom is in the starting lineup, and, and neither Bach nor um, Ellen Jenkins can go. He may be a week one starter for the Packers offensive line. He was the starting right tackle in day one of pads for the Packers. Yash Nyman at left tackle. And, and both of them had apparently some impressive reps in one-on-ones. So we might not get to see some of these guys at, at the level that we wanted, but there's still plenty to be decided. I do think we we need to see these offensive linemen out there because it's not just Josh Myers. You know, last year it was very clearly Josh Myers was the center. We don't know what the offensive line is going to look like. So I think we're going to see a lot of shuffling. We're going to see a lot of lineups. We're going to see guys playing multiple spots. Zach Tom is left tackle here. He's right tackle here. Royce Newman is right guard here. He's right tackle here. Jake Hansen center here. He's guard there. Sean Ryan, you know, there's, there's so many different ways and they prize that versatility, they pride themselves on coaching it that way as well. And so you are going to see, I think that stuff, that's less sexy than seeing Romeo Dobbs or Christian Watson. That's that's why I just, I wanted to have this discussion because there might be some players you're really excited to see that you're not going to see very much until week one. And even then, maybe not, where the Packers are saying, well, we have a plan for this player. We know what they can do. We know what they are. We just don't want to risk them. How do you balance that with the needed intensity? That's not an easy question to answer. And it's one that the Packers are clearly grappling with themselves. You know, I was going to propose to my wife. This was six years ago, I think. And I got laid off at my job and I was like weeks away from proposing. And there, I, there were people I needed to turn to in my life. There were people I needed to talk to. And I, I wasn't always sure who to turn to. Life is full of those twists and turns. It's important to show up for yourself through it all. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and you can match that with your own Licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. Therapy is something that I have seen work in my life. Um, I have a lot of friends who luckily the, the stigma has been removed in a lot of circles. It is still there in a lot of other circles. And I think it's important that this is something that we are able to talk about. To have someone to talk to things about. It's ironic that this is part of the issue is that we just don't want to talk about going to therapy. Therapy can be something that helps you just get through 
not even just hard times, just the grind of day-to-day life. Sometimes it's really great to have someone to talk to in a judgment-free kind of way. This is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. You can schedule weekly video sessions or phone sessions. You don't have to be on camera if you don't want to. You don't have to be, get your Zoom shirt on. It's as easy as a few clicks on your laptop or your phone. Go to the website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And they have a special offer for my listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash locked on. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league Keeping up because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Plenty more to come. The pads are on. The intensity is ratcheting up. We're getting to see a lot more fun stuff. And I'm telling you, just to put a little code on this Jordan Love conversation, I mentioned this on Twitter three or four times already on different days. So we're talking about three or four different days of practice. I have seen a tweet from a beat writer that was maybe the best throw of camp for Jordan Love. He is starting to show out. And that's why this is so fun because you're going to, there are going to be guys that from today through next week make strides or struggle. And that's why a daily show like what we do is so great for us to have, for me to have. And, and for me to be able to share with you is, is, uh, is special. And, and I love doing it. I, I, this, is the, this is the time of year, I think, when I start to remember how much fun this is. I've been not in the groove for a while now. We you know, had our three-day-a-week month. And I'm, I'm ready to get back into it. I'm ready to dive back into the game and, and share it all with you. So follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers.